The views and opinions expressed by guests on the TWBC podcast are solely those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views of nor constitute an endorsement by the host, TWBC, or the advertisers. National Championships, Confederation Championships, World Championships, Major Professional Events. For over three decades, he has been there for many of the sport's greatest moments. And now he brings you even closer to the movers and shakers in the world of high echelon tournament water skiing. From the founder and creator of the Water Ski Broadcasting Company comes the TWBC Podcast. And now here's your host, Tony Lightfoot. That is me, the aforementioned Tony Lightfoot, and this is the TWBC Podcast, the latest episode thereof. And uh, great to have you on board. I'm here uh, at the uh, the Hilltop uh, Lake facility right outside Arlington, Washington, with a friend of mine uh, from Australia who's been uh, uh, lighting up the uh, the slalom scene in uh, recent months. Her name is uh, Vanessa Veek. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Tony. I love it that you referred to me as your friend. Oh, yeah. I think that's very special. <laughs> Well, we're all friends in the, in, the, in this ex- extended water ski family, but uh, but yeah, Vanessa. I mean, the the second point that I made in that little bit of an intro towards you is that is the fact that that this season you basically come out of nowhere, virtually. You know, you'd slammed at the Swiss Pro, I believe. You know, you you done the qualification series for the, for the Masters, and you've been skiing fairly uh, fairly consistency ever since then. So. So give it. So give us a kind of overview of kind of what happened that led up to the point now where where people are starting to sit up and take notice and say, Vanessa, what's up? Yeah. So um, the past few years, you know, a lot of people um, have seen that I have two children. So. Um, I was busy having kids and and um, getting myself back in shape, and then. Um, there was this over 35 women's Australian record, which was two at 39 or two at uh, 10.75. And I just set my sight on that. And when I was able to get three at 39 or three at 10.75 in November last year, I realised that um, I could actually do this. And my husband really believed in me more than I believed in myself. And so pretty much since that day, I just decided, well, I'm going to have a crack at this. And I have skied pretty much five days a week, every week since November last year. And I think having children, um, it puts you into a different gear. Like when you're a mum, you can't have any time off. You can't have a sick day. You can't have a rest. Someone always needs something. So you're always you're always working super hard when you're a mum, and if you can apply that to anything, um, especially water skiing and gym training and things like that, then um, you're going to be a force to be reckoned with. So that's pretty much just what I've done. Is just I've worked super hard since November last year. Absolutely, and so just to just to kind of give us a little bit more of an in depth as as to how you got got to this point. I mean. I mean, you got to two at thirty nine, then you went to three, and then you realised that hey, there probably aren't that that many women in the world that are actually competing at this particular at this particular level. But getting, but the difference between getting two 
and free at 39 and a half off is like a whole nother world isn't it so I mean you must have had some help along the way absolutely um well I first came over here to ski with Chet um when I was 17 that's Chet Rayleigh Chet Rayleigh yeah and then I always wanted to go back and then I didn't actually go back and see him until I was 29 um and so but at that stage I mean I was running 38 every now and then and um and I met my husband who works with Chet Rayleigh um and he he really the two of them really have um taken me to another level so um yeah I mean like you say two three four at 39 I mean if you can get three what's another three buoys you know what I mean so um that that is my goal um is to break the Australian open women's record that Karina Nolan still holds I think she broke it like 10 years ago um and it's one at 41 so um that's what I'm going to be working towards in the next few years Excellent, excellent stuff. So as as listeners to this webcast have probably realized now, your accent is definitely not from within the United States. I mean, you're a pure and proud uh, Australian. So what led you to to come from Australia and settle in, in, in South Florida? What were the events that led up to that? So basically, um, I wanted to qualify for the World Championships um, in 2013. And the only way I could do that was if I got into the top, I think at that point it was like the top 20 on the um, IWWF rankings because I wasn't going to make it for Australia because they generally pick um, three event skiers. And so I came over here in pursuit of making the qualifying for the Worlds and that's when I met um, my husband Noah. And um, at that point we decided to have a long-distance relationship and and then it was time for us to get married and for one of us to move. And I realised that my um, very patriotic Midwestern husband was not going to leave America. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was time for me to move. And, yeah, so now we live down in West Palm and he works with Chet Rayleigh and I can ski with him, um, my husband Noah, every day. And it, it works out really, really well. And we, we don't just water ski. I mean he's really into triathlon and um we have a home gym so we Mm. make sure we do a ton of off-water training we you know we watch ski videos we talk about technique um we we do a lot of like mental um like mindset work as well so it's not just you know going out and getting a score on the water it's about a combination of things Excellent, excellent. So, so I mean, that was that was back in 2013. So yeah. you were trying to qualify for the World Championships that were in Chile and that uh, around about that time. So, so I mean, fast forward now, eight years later. You know, you're. I mean, you've you, you skied the previous November. You realised that hey, I mean, I might actually have a crack, have a shot of being among the the, the top skiers in the world in the, in the slalom event, and. Approaching May, you had the opportunity to qualify for the Masters Water Ski Tournament, the, one of the most prestigious tournaments there are out there. You know, so so I mean, kind of t- kind of take us a, a little bit back to the events that led up to that. You know, because I mean, it was a once in a lifetime deal for you because. Uh, under normal circumstances, to qualify through the Masters, I mean, you had to ha- have had a a, a a, a long track record in the previous season to actually to actually qualify through those tournaments and yet you had a series of three separate cracks to to make it through yeah that's right 
Um, when that first came out, I think it was like January, um, and Noah and I went out to dinner, and um, I said to him, hey, I think I want to try and qualify for the Masters. And so we discussed, well, even if you don't qualify for the Masters, you know, it would be really good experience for you to be standing on the dock with all those other pro skiers to get you ready for the Worlds. Because this year is a Worlds year, and that was always my goal, to qualify for the Open Worlds, because I've never actually skied an Open Worlds. And so when, you know, practice was going really well and Swiss went really well, we realised that, you know, it's not just about standing on the dock and getting experience with all these other professional skiers and, and the the other top skiers in the world. It's about believing in yourself and actually having a crack and um, and just and knowing that if you get that score, you earn that score and you deserve to be there. Absolutely, absolutely. So then you got... Then you qualified from the first tournament, right? You, you're over at Takori Picos's place. There's, so you you had three cracks at it. You qualified with the first one. So done and dusted. Everything was looking. Everything's looking good for you. Once in a lifetime, you've you've stood on the dock at the Masters, Callaway Gardens, Robin Lake. You know, just absolutely hallowed ground so mm. far as water skiers go. What's going through your mind? Honestly. Um I was actually teary. I, I had tears in my eyes because, you know, I came from the most isolated city in the world. I'm from Perth, Western Australia. I'm the only Western Australian woman to ever ski at the Masters. And so I was just so overwhelmed with, like, joy that I was able to be there. Um, I'll never forget driving along the, the side of the road when we first entered and I looked over at the pavilion and I was in awe. I couldn't believe that I was seeing the Masters in, in real life. So um, I was excited. I wasn't nervous at all because I'd skied at Moomba and people had said, you know, it's Robin Lake is relentless, it's unforgiving, and it's going to be rough. So I kind of had that, like, Moomba idea in my mind. So I wasn't, I wasn't too shocked at the rollers um, and, and the, at the conditions, but honestly I was just... I was just overwhelmed with joy that, that I was actually standing there and that all of my hard work, because it is, it's, you know, it takes a lot of hours and a lot of effort to get to that level where you qualify for something like that. Um, you know, it's people on the webcast or people who come to a water ski event, they, they see any skier out there and they go, oh, they make it look so easy, but they don't see what goes on behind the scenes. Like... For my husband and I, it's every single day putting our kids in the car and getting our kids in the boat and, and, and we try and do it together as a family unit. And it's really not that easy, um, but we love it. So, yeah, to answer your question, just being on the dock at the Masters was pure joy. And, I mean, you, you briefly mentioned uh, the whole, uh, whole stuff about Moomba. I mean, you've skied Moomba Masters a number of times. Yep. I mean, you're, you're Australian, you're an elite-level com- competitor. Yeah, you've got to have skied at the Moomba Masters. You know, for, for someone, uh, for, for anyone that's listening to this that, that has caught a glimpse of the Moomba Masters, they probably don't see an awful lot of what occurs underneath the surface so far as being able to ski on the on the Yarra River. I mean, literally, I mean, you've got currents going one way, turning around, going the other. You've got wind, you've got rollers, you've got 
all sorts being thrown at you. You know, kind of give us give us a sense there. Oh, sometimes you have plastic bags and sometimes you have branches and then you've got, you know, thousands of people on the banks watching you. I mean, it's it's like no other experience. You just you I can't even describe the world that you feel like you're living in when you ski there. And I actually I grew up, you know, skiing there and so for me it was only a 3-hour plane ride. Mm-hmm. But I, I had a new appreciation for all the international skiers when I flew from the US and skied at Moomba in 20, I think it was 2018. Um, whoa, that was crazy. I mean, you just you literally fly across the world and then you have to go and ski on the most challenging site on the planet. And it's just like... With no guarantee that you'll that you'll get anywhere past your opening pass. No, because I mean, you you pull out for your gates down that bridge end, Swan Bridge. The sw- yeah, the Swan Street Bridge, and you you're kind of like thinking, are they for real? Do they know what I'm pulling out in here? Like I'm in serious chop. And then you turn in, and if there's a strong current, you can see the right hand gate ball moving, like it kind of moves back and forth with the with the wakes and with the current. And so it's kind of like, are these guys for real? Like, if people actually ski here? Um, so it's always good to watch the guys ski before the girls because, I mean, the guys just go for it. So, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's the most amazing event. All right, another amazing event that takes place every couple of years, so no matter where you happen to be around the world, is the, is the, is the, the World Championships. I mean, we're in a world's year. Uh, Obviously, uh, the travel to get to the Worlds this time around for you, you'll be representing Australia. And uh, it will be over at Jack Travis's place, so not too far outside of Groveland. Uh, you've never skied the Open Worlds. No. This is going to be a first for you. So how, how do you think you'll approach that? You know, I've been very, very fortunate um, to have Christy Overton as my mentor this year. Um, and... She has been so kind and generous with her time, um, and she's really helping me get prepared for that. I'm, again, so thankful I just have a three-hour drive instead of a, an international plane ride. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a few things that we're working on right now, um, and I really just hope to go there and execute the keys that I'm working on um, in a high-pressure situation. So my, my goal, my husband and I, we have our goals and that's what we're working towards every, every day, every time we go out and ski. Um, and, yeah, I just really, regardless of what happens, where I end up, um, if I can go out and do my keys, then I'll be really proud. What are your keys? <laughs> you just saw, you just watched me ski, definitely keeping my left shoulder up when I come into 135. Um, yeah, I have a tendency to push the handle down um, when I feel compromised. So um, if I feel fast or narrow, um, sometimes I'll push my hand down. And then if my left shoulder is down and my hand is down, it's really difficult for me to ski back behind the buoy into my alignment. So that's certainly something that I'm working on. Um, I'm always working on my gait. I don't know any slalom skier that has thought, well, I'll just get through this pass and I'll figure out the gate later. You know, I think the gate is such an important part, especially as the line gets shorter. Um, so definitely working on some gate turning things. Um, and, yeah, really just just being strong behind the boat and um, being in a really good skiing position out of, out of each ball. 
Um, and then just, you know, just trying to stay calm and not analyse the pass as you're going through the pass, you know. It's, I guess golfers do that and other really technical sports, they do that. They, they get in their own heads and mm-hmm. with slalom, you just kind of have to tick the boxes and keep moving. Yeah, certainly. And I mean, this, this season... I mean, you've already achieved one of your lifelong goals, skiing in the Masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're about to achieve another, which is skiing in the Open Worlds. I mean, so so how, so how does that how does that reconcile itself from from a psychological point of view? I mean, you've already achieved one goal, which is like lifelong yep. goal, and then you've got then you've got another one coming up. You know how how do you, how do you go into those events not get not and try not to be overawed? by by the occasion type deal and the significance of being there well fortunately for me um i'm really strong in my faith so i am a christian and i believe that my gifts and talents have come from god and whether i ski good or bad i believe that he has a plan for my life um and i know that he has placed me here in the united states and given me the gift of water skiing and so for me, it's just really, I feel like I'm just following what I'm being called to do, and that is represent him on this stage. And um, that that really does, it keeps me grounded, and um, it keeps me content. Um, and I, I just, I don't really get, like, overwhelmed with sadness or disappointment when things don't go my way. And at the same time, I try not to be, like, super... You know, I was joyful at, this, at the Masters, but I try not to let my highs be too high because at the end of the day, I'm just trying to do what I'm being called to do. Excellent. So this is going to sound like a weird question, but do you ever get homesick for for the life and the livelihood in Australia? I mean, you're, I mean, you've, I mean you've made a life for yourself in South Florida, but do you miss Vegemite? Um. I don't miss Vegemite because I have it in my pantry and I'm able to eat it every other day. <laughs> um, I, 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 I can just imagine house guests coming along and says, right. what, what's this stuff? Oh, it's yeah. Vegemite. You want to give it a try? Yeah. <laughs> well, I gave it to my daughter and the video of her was so funny. So many people said, you need to send that into America's Funniest Home Videos. My son loves it. My daughter hates it. But... Um, yeah, you know me, I'm so honest to answer your question. I, I am homesick. Yeah, it's really hard, especially with COVID. I mean, you, you just can't go home. And I, I do, I, I love my friends and family here. Um, I miss the Aussie accents, though, and I miss the humour, and I just miss the camaraderie. Um, so, yeah, I do get homesick. I miss the coffee. Oh, I miss the coffee. Do you ever get yeah? Do you ever get tempted to uh, to go onto YouTube and uh, watch a little bit of what uh, Carl Stefanovic gets up to? <laughs> Definitely not a Today fan or wherever he's from. I can't remember the TV show. Today on Nine yeah. Network. But you know what? My husband and I, for a while, we were able to download some Australian shows by using one of those um, VPNs. Yeah, VPNs. And so there's this like um, home renovation show called The Block, and oh, we love that show. But then our VPN thing, it's it stopped allowing us to watch the Channel 9 new, uh, the, the 9 network, so we can't get that TV show. Um, but yeah, of course, I 
There's plenty of shows out there. Um, Offspring, that's a really good Australian one. That I, if I watch that, I get super homesick because I watch them eat muffins and drink coffee and it reminds me of home. <laughs> All right, then. So, uh, with, with your future plans and everything ahead and the goals are heading up well, uh, we'll round up the, uh, the podcast, but is there anything you'd like to say to your fans, to your friends uh, going forward? Yeah, yeah, that's so you, funny. You, you say you, fans. Yeah, you've got fans. Oh my I mean, gosh, I mean, that's... since the start of this season. I mean, come on. You mean, I mean, I mean, you stand, you stand on the dock. You're, chal- you're challenging all, all all of the the younger skiers that are coming up. You know, I mean, uh, sl- slaloming slaloming out there. I mean, you I mean you're kind of like a little renaissance oh, old girl. I would say. <laughs> um, I, I just, I just want like women especially to know and, and and people who have had babies that you know it's not the end of you it's just the beginning um and it doesn't matter what level of skiing you're at just write down a goal write down the steps and work towards it and don't worry about being the best skier in the world or the best skier in the nation or the best skier in your division worry about being the best skier that you can be because if you improve on your performance then you can't do any better you know but if you're constantly comparing yourself to your division or your nation or the world then that will just steal your joy and it will just it just gets in the way so my advice to people is set a goal work towards it and compete against yourself all right then, folks, that was uh, Vanessa Veek. I'm Tony Leifert for the TWBC uh, podcast. Thank you very much indeed for, for spending a little bit of time talking with me. No, on thank this. you. No worries, no worries at all. And, and, and I'm saying that in, in a non-ironic or, uh, or, or, or humorous-sounding way. I do, I do actually use no worries. No worries, mate. No worries at all. <laughs> okay, okay, that, uh, that concludes the podcast. Thank you very much indeed. And until the, the next episode... I will say ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the TWBC podcast. Be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com. Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC Podcast.